The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting over there at the helm today, steering this thing, hopefully away from any bridge embankments that we see, is our good friend Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. How's it going? Oh. Can I ask that, or is it still a is it still a no go on listen. the? You, how's it going? What I appreciate is that um, you have not yet realized the power that you wield. That you are in complete <laughs> control. I literally have nothing over here. I can't do anything with the show. All I can do is talk into the microphone and listen to other people. That's all I can do. You have complete. If you want to end the show right now, you could. If you want, to cut, if you want to cut off my mic. All right. If you want to turn off the lights, you could. You're giving me a lot of power here. What I'm saying is you can do whatever <laughs> you want. So Except for ask you how you're doing. Apparently, that was the one stipulation. But you know who I will ask how they're doing? Let's ask the first four through the door. It's Brent Homan, Matthew McSpadden, Aaron Flynn, and Tanner Solis. Welcome in, guys. Greg Powers is here. Greg Powers, our friend from Next Level Athletes. Uh, Hi, Powers. What's going on? How are you? Good. Good. Today is... Go ahead. It's that week three vibe. Week four. Four. Yeah, it's the same. (laughs) Middle. Get to the middle of the Um, year. Yeah, we're starting to kind of zoom into the middle of the year. We're starting to get in a groove. I'll I'll say this, that... that, uh, for me, every every week gets a little bit more streamlined in the sense that, like, I get into a rhythm with the work that I have to do around here. Um, but uh, so it feels like we're now officially in the season. There's not um, been any curveballs or anything. Yes, um, no curveballs. No. Um, today is Wednesday, September eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Seventy-one days until the best day of the year. That's Thanksgiving. Episode eight hundred and eighteen. Eight eighteen. The OPS for Frank Catalanato in his illustrious Texas Rangers wow. career. How are your Reds doing? Oh, well, I mean, they're only 10 games below 500. Mm-hmm. The, they're officially – the Reds are officially eliminated oh, from the playoffs. Buddy. So join us with the Rangers fans. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> are the Rangers – yeah, the Rangers have to be eliminated, right? Yeah, they've been eliminated it's for – It's a different situation. I mean, they've, they've been de facto eliminated for a long time. <laughs> it's but a yeah. different situation. The Rangers are eliminated because everybody else is so great. Because the Astros are really, really good. Yeah. yeah. They lost again to the Astros last night. On today's show, guys, uh, we got this week in recruiting with Powers. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about some of the biggest uh, the notes, news and notes from around the state as far as um, recruiting is concerned. And then back half of the show, a couple of interviews that Matt Stepp did. 
one with Raymondville on Valley Week. It went down to the Valley. Uh, Raymondville coach Frank Cantu talk with the head coach of the Bearcats. And then Taft coach J.R. Castellano after their thrilling Saturday night win over Bishop. We will hear from Taft coach J.R. Castellano coming up here at the back half of the show. One small programming note. Um, yesterday, uh, we recorded Tep and Step. I was here. Step and I were, uh, Step is in Indiana right now, or he was last night. He stayed the night in Fort Wayne, Indiana, on purpose. Uh, and, and so we, but we, we recorded Tep and Step. He was on the phone. We recorded it. I edited it. It is now up for insiders at, Dave Can- at TexasFootball.com, uh, or it should be kind of filtering into your feed uh, if you have it set up on your uh, on your mobile device uh, to get that done. But in any case, uh, Tep and Step is now up. If you would like to listen to us yammer on for an hour and 15 minutes about Texas high school football, you can if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's up at TexasFootball.com. A lot of good stuff. And then right after the show, I'm putting up the game projections. Those are up there. Ready on the back end. I have, literally have not hit publish. I'll probably do it while interviews are playing. So I got another step update for you now. Today, he has made it to Canada. He is listening. He's in Canada. From the land of the moose. Wow. The meese. Oh, wow. I wonder what... Must like, have been an early start from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I wonder, like, what is the... Is there some sort of translation at the border that, like... Does my voice get more polite as you listen to it in, in Canada? <laughs> I doubt it. I, yeah, I don't think that's how that works. I don't know. Guys, I'm not a scientician, okay? I have no idea what I'm doing. <clears throat> I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week. And Cruton. It's This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers, the Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at G Powers Scout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D1. Hello, Greg. What's up? How, uh, what, what game were you at last week? You were at South Grand Prairie and Lancaster. Yep. It was a s- Good more game. entertaining game yeah. than I thought it was. I actually gave a little bit more of an edge to Lancaster, especially as the game started. They seemed to take control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but South Grand Prairie showed a lot of heart, especially after you losing linebacker Marcel McDuffie early in the game, who's kind of at middle line, the inside linebacker mm-hmm. that's the heart and soul. Uh, of that defense, so to speak. They have some other good defensive players on that squad, but uh, McDuffie was all around the football before he went out with concussion-like symptoms, and then Lancaster was able to use its speed to literally kind of run away or pull away in that game. Uh, Takeaway, Lancaster's got size up front. Both which is, sides which, of the football, and they're rotating too deep on the defensive line and consistent, consistently throughout the game, uh, which I think is a bit of a game-changer for them. Still, that schedule... Yeah, it's brutal. It's tough. And well, and the other thing is, you know, when you think about Lancaster, typically whenever we talk about good Lancaster squads, it's not because they have great size. Like generally speaking, it's because they've got like dynamic playmakers on the outside. You go back right. to that t- that team that played for a title in twenty twelve. Yeah, um, that is those were teams that had dynamic athletes. When you add in size, that's what gets me intrigued. And by the way, if you start looking at five A Division one, if Highland Park is indeed taking a step back towards the pack and they haven't separated themselves up in 5A Division One. then suddenly, why not a team like Lancaster, which is a team that, that I think is, go- is going to cause a lot of people some trouble. So, uh, yeah, I, I am very, very interested. Um, and they're, you know, look, they'll get, they're get, they'll get their shot. It, That's a district matchup. At least that Highland Park loss to Lone Star mm-hmm. makes the field correct look different. It does. So now you say there's more hope Yes. For a lot more teams to be in that race. I personally look at Highland Park not being down as I see it. But we've watched Lone Star over the last few weeks. They're good. They're really good. They and the quarterback is playing flawlessly. Good. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't expect him to even be the starter. Right. So, uh, 
Wrangle, he's been yeah. Garrett Wrangle's been fantastic. A- very accurate. Yes. Um, okay. So it's Greg Powers, next level athlete. Let's talk a little bit of recruiting here. Let's talk about our prospect on the rise. Prospect on the rise. It's 2020 DeSoto offensive tackle Armage Adam Reed. Adams Reed rather uh, picked up his tenth offer. This one from Sam Houston State. Uh, there is not a question about size. This is a large child. 6'5", <laughs> 325 pounds. Uh, the offer from Sam Houston State joins uh, other offers like uh, North Texas, Southern Miss, uh, and then a variety of other F- FCS schools. He is, correct me if I'm wrong, still a little raw. A guy right. who needs to, a little, little bit of polish, but, uh, but coaches have got to love the frame there. Well, what I really, you know, and actually – to start the season off, I went out to specifically look at a couple of the top uncommitted offensive linemen, Cortland Ford, Amarge Adams-Reed, in the, the DFW area just to uh, make some recommendations to some colleges on some of those guys and how they should approach their recruitments. And I walked away from the game against Jesuit uh, watching Adams-Reed and thinking, you know, this is a versatile kid who's probably going to move inside at the next level, mm-hmm. but he already has the strength and size that colleges are looking for, and he moves really well uh, for a guy who's that big. I mean, we're watching his highlights right here, and he's able to easily get to the second level, secure blocks. So as this thing goes along, it wouldn't be surprised at all to see, because his list is kind of all over the place right now, you know, he's got the – the non-P5 FBS offers like North Texas, Southern Miss, Utah State has offered him, and then he's got some D2 sprinkled in and you know getting some attention all across the board. It wouldn't be a surprise to see his offer list climb 15, 20 offers before he makes a decision uh, which one will end up being that right offer. I know that some of those schools we talked about are probably watching this recruitment and hoping some of these big dogs don't get involved. Yeah, I, I think that he's kind of flying under that radar still a little bit, but I feel like if DeSoto continues to rise up the ranks, maybe he's kind of the rising tide raises all boats type situation. Uh, you never know. He, well, he's a guy that certainly the, the size is going to catch people's eye. Well, he was a transfer from Mesquite Horn mm-hmm. in the offseason, so I'm not sure that some colleges didn't lose track of him throughout that. It's hard to lose track of a player who goes from Mesquite Horn to DeSoto. They're both prominent schools. Uh, but it does happen, sure. you know, because you are expecting to be here and they're not. To our commit of the week, our commit of the week is West Mesquite, same DFW area. Uh, West Mesquite running back uh, Ty Jordan, 2020 uh, kid, commit to Texas. He had offers from a lot of other schools, including Baylor, Arkansas, um, TCU, Tennessee. Uh, and he's number 58 on our Hot 100. Um, I want to... You're the recruiting expert. I don't think this guy's an every down back, but you want to talk about a game breaker and the kind of guy that if you can find ways to use his versatility and his his ability in the open field, he can be a problem for a lot of teams. Agreed. 100%. Okay, cool. 100%. Percent, 100% agreed. <laughs> uh, you, you say that, and I agree with you, but when I've watched Ty Jordan, Mm-hmm. In camps or events where he was with Seth McGowan or Zachary Evans, he has stood up to the test mm. and doesn't look like on the same field as those guys. You know, he's a five-seven guy, and these guys are bigger than him. But the way he moves and the way he operates catches your eye. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. He's electric, and he's legit speed. I think at like a ten, ten four five. 100 meter kid so. yeah he's a he's a burner so the speed is there and we all know uh the texas running back situation this year yes and he's a different type of guy to put in that mix you know they have a kid committed in Jaden holoby uh who's a versatile athlete 
as they've recruited him, who has played multiple positions now at the high school level that he's at Mansfield Timberview. I think he's even mm-hmm. played some quarterback this year. Uh, has some running back skills. Big, powerful running back. You have Ty Jordan, who's an electric – I call them slot backs, a guy who you can move in and out of the slot, can catch passes, uh, can stay on the field for all three downs. And then, of course, they've got a five-star committed running back from out of state as well. So uh, I think the running back question – may be answered with what they have on campus. Some mm-hmm. of those guys are hurt. Yeah. Um, but now I think the running back picture moving forward into 2020 for Texas is not going to be an issue at all. I, I think you're exactly right. And, and this is a guy who is, you know, the, the, as you mentioned, we were talking about a guy uh, with uh, with the offensive lineman, um, uh, Adams Reed out of DeSoto, where size is his number one quality. Right. This is not Ty Jordan's number one quality, right? He's 5'7", 185 pounds. He's, 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 he's a more of a waterbug type back. But the dude can uh, – he runs tough. I think he runs tougher Definitely. than his size. Mesquite players yes. are known to be tough. Yes. No matter where they go, Mesquite players are tough. Yeah, they are. And so, Mesquite ISD. I mean, yes, yeah. That, yeah, that's true. And, and so West Mesquite 2020 running back Ty Jordan commits to Texas. That's our commit of the week. Greg Powers, the next level athlete, join us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. To our underclassmen of the week, we go to the Houston area. New Caney's 2021 athlete, Kale Sanders, better one called him CJ. Uh, he committed to Texas Tech this week. Uh, and this is the first commit for Tech in the 2021 cycle. Uh, and I know that this is a guy who's been on our radar pretty much since he was a freshman in 2017. Right. Uh, and an electric athlete. And he's a guy that's done some different things at New Caney. I think he's played more outside linebacker for them, uh, running back, mm-hmm. played both sides of the football, two-way guy. He was the district newcomer of the year as a freshman, continues to put up numbers uh, into his sophomore season, and now his junior year he's like one of the guys. You know, he's like that dude. Um, came to the Next Level Athlete Camp back in January after having all of these skill sets and worked out at defensive back, and I don't know that he has a lot of experience doing that, uh, but made the top ten yeah. there. So you look at him going through these drills, and you can clearly see what uh, Texas Tech saw in him. And we're able to get in on him early. I think I think it's his only listed offer, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, um, as I looked at his list in preparation for the show. But he's a guy who other schools are going to come after. So they're going to have to fend off other programs as people find out more about C.J. Sanders because he's, he's a really good player. Well, Coach Brady Pennington there at New Caney is very high on him. Um, you know, a guy who saw some, uh, some action at running back last year, uh, but then did the majority of his damage, I would say, at, at the cornerback spot. 65 tackles, 11 tackles for lost four sacks. He's a he's a, 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 a dynamic playmaker that uh, if Tech can hold on to him, he's an early commit to Texas Tech, if they can hold on to him, he is a guy who um, can, cer- can certainly be a difference maker and a guy that I think you can put it a variety of different ways. Um, obviously, I, the thing that stands out when you watch this, this film that we've got going on, uh, quick feet, real quick feet, uh, and it seems like he's got a lot of uh, the ability to change direction pretty well, which which is awful, right. awful impressive. And it's and it, that's really impressive because you look at him and he has that frame that you kind of like it as yes. a cornerback or defensive back prospect. Five so, ten, one hundred seventy will yeah. play. Yeah, that he, will play. He, and long arms. Yes, absolutely. Uh, to our recruit of the week, 
uh, to San Antonio we go. Big game this week for Cibolo Steel as they take on Converse Judson. And uh, I think when people talk about Cibolo Steel, they talk a lot about Jalen Jones for right. obvious reasons. He's, we had him as the defensive MVP in the uh, on the super team in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, but don't forget about Daniel Jackson, uh, their wide receiver who earned, uh, he was selected for the All-American Bowl this week. The Iowa State commit is the 69th rated prospect in Dave Campbell's Texas football's Hot 100 at texasfootball.com. And uh, I mean, this is the this is a big deal. This is like these types of these types of things. Getting invited to the All American Bowl is uh, is serious, and he gets to play at home in San Antonio. And we usually put up one NLA highlight reel per mm-hmm. week. It's usually the prospect on the rise. We did two this week because mm-hmm. I wanted people to see Daniel Jackson's frame. Look at this dude's legs. Yeah. And there are some guys <laughs> tree trunks. There are some guys who leave the state or don't necessarily get recruited as highly as we think that they might. I mean, Daniel Jackson had 20-something offers, I think, but mm-hmm. they were good and committed to Iowa State. Not necessarily the school that you think of when you think of a top-tier Texas high school football recruit. Iowa State is getting the type of guy who could have an NFL upside. I mean, he's that good. They've produced NFL receivers in the past. Uh, I love his game. Strong hands. College pedigree, his brother's Mark Jackson at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. brings a lot of the desirables you want to the table. Well, and, and what's funny, when I think of Iowa State receivers, this is the type of frame that I think of. They, right. It seems like they, they have a type. Matt Campbell has a type up there at Iowa State, and it's big framed receivers. And, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, it's, I think this is a guy that, you know, there are guys we talk about that don't necessarily pass the eyeball test. This guy passes the eyeball <laughs> test. And there are certain guys as you do rankings. You know, I put together rankings now for years and years, rated probably 8,000 high school football players. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are guys within that rankings subset every year that you feel like you you have, like, what, what am I – Rankings-wise, am I missing the boat on this guy? He's number 69. He's a three-star. Should he be a four-star? Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Jackson is one of those guys who, if he has the type of career that I think that he could have, that I'm going to be kicking myself over. Because I watched this guy early on in his development and thought, wow, I can't believe this guy doesn't have an offer yet. And that was back in July of uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have an offer when I watched him in the camp setting. And I was like, he's going to have offers. and. Mm-hmm. If we don't make him a four-star, if he doesn't rise into that top 50, because you know to be rated a four-star, you have to be within that top 50. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't rise that high, will I be kicking myself like I was with a guy like Jakeem Grant, who yeah. was uh, you know like the number 51 player, right. or Connor Williams, who I think was number 51 and started as a freshman at Texas. We had doubts about Connor last year in his first year at Dallas, but he was drafted high, and he's had a bounce-back year, I, I think so far for the Cowboys, but Daniel Jackson could end up being that type of recruit. It's, uh, it's a big uh, a big deal to get invited to the All-American Bowl, and that is what happened to Civil Steel 2020 wide receiver Daniel Jackson. Finally, it's our This Week in Recruiting Game of the Week. We're going to the private school ranks in the DFW Metroplex. Argyle, Liberty Christian, and Plano Preston with two programs that have a history of putting out big-time prospects, and once again, a lot of guys to keep an eye on. I think the star, if you want to say that, the, the star is probably... It's uh, tough. I mean, Colin Gamble, the, the the corner at Liberty Christian, but I think you can also add in the quarterback, Daniel Greek, who's the son right. of uh, Stephen Greek, their coach. Uh, but Preston Wood's got some dudes like uh, Riley Wilson, the the, the the wide receiver. A lot, a lot of interesting cats in, in this uh, Argyle Liberty Christian playoff Preston Wood game. And this game is a unique game because, of course, the head coach at Argyle Liberty Christian, Stephen Greek, was uh, assistant coach at Preston Wood mm-hmm. Christian, and they knocked Preston Wood out of the playoffs last year uh, to advance there and i just think this is a this is a 
in a in a down kind of I, I would I want to say it like that. It's an up year for private school yes. football because we don't know definitively who the favorites are. And yeah. I think in years past that you were able to look, but because of Dunn's rise last year, mm-hmm. they started off slow and then had a dominant defense and went into the Taps playoffs and were able to take home the championship when everybody thought it was going to be Preston Wood. Well, what's funny is that we're talking about two teams that presently, now we only do top fives in Dave Campbell's Texas football in our right. rankings, but both these teams are unranked. I mean, that, that speaks to, I think that what you've got in the private school ranks this year is a lot more parity. That last year, it kind of felt like it was Cedar Hill Trinity and kind of everyone else. Now it's like I don't know. Like Parish Piscopal and, looks good, and that's kind of no where, one looks good. That's where I was kind of going. I was going to say like this Prestonwood Argyle Liberty Christian game. You would look at it in a normal year rankings wise and say, is this a down game this year? Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think no. it is a down game. It's just that the private school ranks this year it's much more wide open, and I right. don't know that there's a clear cut favorite. And we'll be watching all those guys, but I'll be personally keeping an eye on uh, Argyle Liberty Christian linebacker Micah Grizzle. Hi, fam. <laughs> Um, Plano Prestonwood, if you're interested in our computer rankings, is um, is number five. Argyle Liberty Christians off to a rough start. They play a very difficult schedule. They're zero and three, but they are still the 31st ranked uh, in our computer rankings. Uh, so, can we get a quick clarification to Hector sure. Rios? Wants to know what the main difference between a three star and four star player is. Greg Powers. Well, this is an easy answer because we came up with a system at DCTF that's able to easily answer that. If you're rated within the top 50, you're a four star or if you're rated within the top five, you're a five-star. So those top 50 prospects will be four and five stars. And if you're outside of the top 50, you're a three-star. Then in the top, but still in the top 100. It's still in the top 100. Yeah. We'll expand the three-star rankings to about 250 to 300 players. Mm-hmm. I would I would expect by National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys are mostly going to be your three-star types. If you're outside of that number, then you're probably more of a two-star player. Uh, but to be a four-star player, you need to be rated within the top 50. That's easy. Perfect. And there was one more question that I'm actually just as interested as our viewers. Oh, jeez. Sal said, can we get Powers to give us a rundown on uh, Tepper's recruiting profile? If you were going to recruit Tepper, what would be your thought process there? Well, I have heard that the JV statistics were great. Excellent. Good. Um, Especially as an offensive guard. Really. A lot of of statistics. Really, that shows a lot of heart. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because not every – football player will answer the JV call <laughs> and step up and step up to the plate and sure. um, give everything they have to the team I, Be- because I, it, it takes a special breed mm. to be that guy. Yeah. It takes a special breed to be that bad and just to keep coming to practice for some reason. He's a hustle player. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe not much skill, lunch but pail. hustle. A lot of lunch. Right? Pail guy. Oh, I like <laughs> that. Lunch pail guy. Uh, he's Greg Powers. He would r- rate me as a negative three-star recruit. You would be outside the top 250, it's fair to say? I think that's fair, <laughs> yes. Uh, follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level at D1. Powers, appreciate your time. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. I spun too far. <laughs> Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider for two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content, including TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Get all of the insights from our friend uh, Greg Powers at Next Level Athlete uh, at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. All that fun stuff, plus Tep and Step, high school football stuff, and college football stuff. We are, I'll tease something, 
Dun, dun, dun. This is when we need that soundboard I was talking about, man. Well, I'm not the producer of this show. Well, uh, <laughs> here's a, a small update. Uh, we are going to start putting out more premium podcasts. We're going to start doing uh, bonus seg- bonus segments of Texas football today. We're going to start doing bonus segments of Republic of Football for insiders only. You'll still get the same great stuff. You're going to get um, you know this uh, this show every day. You're going to get whether you like it or not. You're going to get uh, <laughs> Republic of Football twice a week. But if you want that little bit extra, you want some extra bonus content. If you want to see it. this face on your screen right here, even more. Not going to be a video content. No, no, no. Don't more. worry. Just just, this, just these dulcet tones. <laughs> if you want these dulcet tones more in your, uh, then become a Dave Campbell Six Football Insider or become a Dave Campbell Six Football Insider and don't download this podcast and you don't have to listen to this anyway. Matt Stepp was in the Valley this week, went down to a number of games down there. One of them, he caught up with the head coach of the, oh, let me make sure I got this right. I think they're undefeated. They are. Two and one. I believe. Oh, two, two and one. one. The right. two and one, Raymondville Bearcats, uh, Frank Cantu. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Raymondville coach Frank Cantu here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football back here in Lyford, Texas, here with the head coach of the Raymondville Bearcats, Coach Frank Kentu, after his squad improves to 2-1 and one with a 42 to nothing Cotton Bowl win over Lyford. Congratulations, Coach. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Hard fought. Uh, 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 tough start to this game, but, but uh, uh, we did enough to, to prevail, and, and we're really happy the way the kids played there at the end. So, you know, early in the game, emotions are running high. You know, everybody's fired up. It's just, it's a rivalry game. Neighbors, you know, you want to win, and, and it gets testy and get a little chippy there. And, and the first quarter was kind of a flag fest. But it's like a second half, second quarter, you guys talked to your kids and kind of calmed them down, and you guys really seized control of the game. What was the message to your kids on the sideline? I said, you know what, we just need to focus. We need to come in here and do what we did all week in practice, leave all that other stuff off to the side, you know, um, there, there, there's really no place for that. At the end of the day, some of our guys uh, got caught up in that. Some of their guys got caught up. But when we, we got rid of that and, and, and we, we buckled down, we had our offense have a, a great, that must have been a six, seven-minute drive uh, to score that touchdown. That kind of gave us a confidence to say, hey, okay, we're, we're, this, is, this is where we're at. This is what we do. And, and we just felt a lot better once. Uh, but I think our offense started it off. And then defensively, I, I, I thought we just put a ton of pressure, and, and I thought we stopped the run well, and we got some good guys up front, and I'm really happy the way they played. You're, you're, to me, it looks like you're two defensive tackles. They're, they're big. You know, they're, they're, big, they're really big, but they move well for kids their size. And then your two ends, they, they kind of hold things up and kind of take up a lot of space. And your two ends, number 40 and number 11, just are, are, are just menaces on the edge. They really make, make you – it's got to be fun to coach those kids. Oh, you, you, you bet. Dylan Domitas is incredible. He had five sacks, all kinds of pressure last week. He put a ton of pressure on the quarterback this week. He's only a junior. Uh, Thomas Sambano, who, who, who comes in at linebacker, some at end, some, we move him around, and he does a great job. He's real savvy. He finds the football. Uh, real, real happy the way they played. Our, our, our two tackles up front, I thought that they, uh, you know, they're hard to move. They're big boys, and yeah. so I thought they control there and, and uh, let those ends work. And at the end of the day, you know, it all worked out for us at the end. Offensively, uh, you got some playmakers uh, with, with Justin and, and Zaravian. Uh, they really kind of make things go. And, and, and it gives you a lot of versatility, doesn't it? With those two guys in the backfield, Zaravian Almendares, you know, early on they took an 83-yard uh, field goal. Wait, somebody flinched. Took yeah. an 83-yard run uh, last week. Uh, first series he had an 80, 80-something-yard run as well. Explosive, can do all kinds of stuff. Then you got Justin Cantu. Uh, sometimes we put them both in the backfield. 
He's a power guy. He's just a strong guy. He's also fast. So he, gives he spends time in the weight room. He loves the weight room, and yeah. he does a great job in there. Those two guys are one heck of a one-two combination. All right, now, you know, like I said, beginning of the game, you got a little chippy, but what does it say about the two communities, you, you guys, the rivalry, you still come together after the game, shake hands, and, and say a prayer together? It says a lot about the, the, the kind of people that are in these two communities, isn't it? Well, that, that I'm really proud of. I'm really proud that uh, uh, Coach Gonzalez here from Lyford, he, he's a man of faith, and he, we had already talked about doing it, and with all this that happened or whatever, he came up there, Coach, we're doing it. I, yes, sir, we're doing it. You know, we attend the same church. Uh, we're both men of, men of God. And, and I'm just so happy that he's here because he can do nothing but good things for this community and, and, and so proud to be his Christian brother. Coach, uh, enjoy the win. Uh, congratulations to your kids and uh, good luck the rest of the season. And uh, we'll see you in the playoffs. Hey, thank you so much. Yes, sir. There he is. Frank Cantu, the head coach of the 2-1 Raymondville Bearcats, joining Matt Stepp after their big win over Lifer in the Cotton Bowl. Not the Cotton Bowl, Cotton Bowl, but the Cotton Bowl down the valley. Big game down there. Congratulations to them. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time after his game to let Matt Stepp bother him. Finally, uh, then he Saturday night. Okay, how do I want to put this? I need to put this in a, in a very delicate way. Matt Step goes to a lot of football games. Some of those football games are like really headline grabbing big games, right? Really headline big, grabbing big games. He also went to Bishop and Taft. Bishop and Taft is a under the radar game, let's call it, and yet it turned into. And this is true. A very good game. An unbelievable game with like a wild finish. Matt Stepp knows what he's doing. The football wizard, one might say. He knows how to pick (laughs) them. Uh, And as a result, he caught up with a victorious J.R. Castellano, uh, the head coach of the Taft Greyhounds, after their big win uh, over Bishop. Here is Matt Stepp's conversation with Taft coach J.R. Castellano here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football here in Bishop, Texas, here with the head coach of the Taft, Gray- Taft Greyhounds, Coach J.R. Castellano, after a 41-40 win over Bishop Badgers. Uh, they didn't make your first win easy, did they, Coach? No, it was, it was tough. You know, with seven lead changes through that game, I just told the kids, you know, it could have gone could have gone either way. You know, we could have folded at different points of time. Uh, and, you know, the kids, since we got here day one, they want instant gratification. They've been working their tail, tails off from day one, but we just hadn't been able to see it on the win column. Uh, and it's fortunate enough for us tonight that we could do that. What to say about your kids and their resiliency? You know, you, you, you're late in the game. You had some bad things happen. You come down, you score a touchdown, and it gets called back for a man downfield. You, you bounce back the next play. Your, your, your quarterback makes a play. Your linemen do a great job blocking. Your receivers block downfield and make a play. What's it say about the character of your kids? Yeah, I always tell the, the, the kids that there's two T's in Taft, and to me they stand for toughness. And I think that's what kind of what we showed there at the last drive was some just some mental toughness and some physical toughness there. I'm proud of the kids, proud of every one of them, proud of the coaches uh, for doing a great job with these kids and, and not giving up. But uh, like I told the kids, we'll enjoy this tonight, uh, and then we'll get ready for Hallisville next week. First half was a little bit of a shootout, kind of back and forth there, probably a, a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. Uh, defensively, obviously they made some adjustments and slowed you guys down, and it seems like you guys made some adjustments in the second half as well to slow them down. Was there anything schematically you guys did differently, or was it more just a matter of you guys executing your defense a little bit better? Yeah, and I think that's what it's been all year long. You know, we've always had guys in the right places. It was just a matter of tackling and bringing guys down. Uh, and it's, I'm just trying to get used to small school football, you know, and not. And I, my 11 guys come off of defense, and half of them go back there on offense, you know, and I'm not able to make a whole lot of changes with them. But one thing we're just trying to get them to give us is effort, good attitude, and just toughness all night long. That's kind of what they did tonight. That's your first win as a head coach. I know uh, you're hoping that they're a little bit easier from now on. I mean, you, did you age a little bit at all during this game? 
Hey, we'll take them however they come, man. At one point or 40 points, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll take them. And the, the post-game shower was pretty fun too, wasn't it? Yeah, it felt good. felt real good. Well, Coach, enjoy the win tonight. Congratulations to you and your kids, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll see you come playoff time. Hey, Texas football for coming down. We mean a lot. Thanks for everything you guys do for us. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. Congratulations. There he is, J.R. Castellano, the head coach of the Taft Greyhounds, getting his first win. As a head coach, congratulations to him. That's always very special. And do it in a in the way that they did it. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that there will be other wins down the road for Coach Castellano that are better for his heart and his well-being. <laughs> but wins are wins, baby. And the Taft Greyhounds are all in in the the left-hand column. So congratulations to to them and appreciate Coach Castellano taking a little bit of time to chat up Matt Step after their big win. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. All right, we got a question here from Simon Mann. He said, any update on Barlow at TCU? I don't see any other stats on him. They had two backs rush for over 100 yards. Yeah, so um, Darwin Barlow, of course, the freshman from Newton, um, got into their got into their game, I want to say, was that their opener? I think it was their opener. Yeah. Um, I've got this here. Against Arkansas Against Pine Bluff. Arkansas Pine Bluff. And he, got, and he scored their first touchdown, uh, and, and obviously very important. My understanding is that they are going to attempt, attempt to redshirt him. Now, remember, the, the rules are that you can play in four games. You can participate in four games and still redshirt. My, from what I understand, they are going to try to redshirt both him and DeMarque Foster, the running back from Wichita Falls Hershey, uh, and I would say that's probably going to be the case unless uh, either Darius Anderson or Shaywo Alonalua go down. Um, so I would I would expect to see him more in in cleanup duty if they can run out to a big lead against SMU, which I don't necessarily see being the case. But if they do, then you might see Darwin Barlow. But they I think they want to you uh, from what I understand, and and I don't have. All sorts of inside information, but from what I understand, they are looking at redshirting him. Last week would have been a good time to, to get him in there, especially with um, some of their players being being out for the first couple or for the first half. I believe Darius Anderson was out for the first uh, half of that game. But point is that I believe they're going to try to redshirt him, so you'll probably see him used pretty sparingly this season. I have a question for you. What is your opinion on the redshirt rule with the four games? I think it's great. I think it's great. I think that... Um, it gives coaches flexibility. I think that it gives uh, the players an opportunity to get some college game time to, to get up to speed. Um, I think it's really good. And more importantly, I am generally almost always going to side in the, in the favor of giving players more freedom. Uh, and I think that they gives, this gives them freedom to, to go and play as freshmen and not just ride the pine the entire season. So, yeah, I think that that's great, and especially whenever you've got, you know, because it used to be a really convoluted rule of of, oh, of, yeah. of how to get red shirts. Now it's pretty simple. You, play, you can play up to four, four games. games. If you appear in a fifth, then you don't get that year of eligibility. I think it's great. Um, and I'm I'm overall pretty much in favor of it. I agree completely with that. And I think the other thing, too, that makes it as good as it is, is I always hated when, like, the starting quarterback or someone got hurt in the very last game of the season. And then, yeah, they would go in and it's like, well, is that going to – or, like, the last right. two games of the season. The medical redshirt type yeah, thing. And, like, those, and those still exist, by right. the way. So, like, for example, let's just say that uh, one of the that, – that a quarterback goes and they play nine games or, you know, seven games or something like that. They exhaust that eligibility – 
uh, for a red shirt, but then they go and they have like a pretty serious knee injury or something like that, they can still apply for a medical red shirt. Right. And, and maybe be granted, but it will be up in the air for They're, that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that is, um, yeah. So, well, folks, we agree on something. We so did it. looky there. Hang the mission accomplished banner, <laughs> Ashley. We did it. Anything else? Nope. That's going to do it for it. us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 819 on Texas Football Today. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday.